the Aster Economic Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Aster Investment Management. I'm joined today by my friend and colleague, Nick Porter. Nick, hello. Hey, John. We want to check in. The news has been a little as expected, so we haven't had you know a lot of call to jump in, but we do want to we want to check in a little bit, go over the inflation numbers mainly, talk about the prospect for a soft landing, and I'm going to say my economy in a nutshell view is that we are kind of on the road for a soft landing. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I think I would add to that. You know, this is the first time in since COVID that I've been convinced that the bulk of data is showing cooling in the U.S. economy rather than a continuation of a trend or, or outright heating. I think this past month, not just CPI data, but also other data points have shown some softening in the labor market, some cooling generally. Interesting. So what, what do you point to in the labor market in particular? Well, I think that the trend is clear in terms of non-farm payrolls. And you know, I started the year on 700,000 or something like that. And now they're down right. around 200,000. Um, so yeah, that's an obvious, an obvious data point. And I think wages are somewhat cooler. What did we have? 0.3% for the most recent print. So I think that's sort of encouraging in terms of a resumption of normal. And then there's also softer data points and things like PMIs have shown that uh, really labor what? hiring is growing. And things like PMI, PMI. So oh, PMI, yeah. Yeah, so in the survey data, survey data has looked weak for a while. That that I would definitely, definitely agree with, right? And so a downshift in payrolls from half a million to a quarter million is slowing. But, you know, we still don't see labor market weakness, in my view, and we can't, as long as we don't see labor market weakness, like, I think we're in okay shape. Yeah, um, yeah. Terms, I mean, that's just- continue to grow. That's sort of a crucial question is how much is the Fed going to stick to its guns in terms of believing that it's the labor market and thus wage gains and thus inflation are all related in that causal direction and not necessarily vice versa will definitely be key to watch. Yeah, you know, one thing I do like to keep an eye on is, so you, from the payroll report, is if you take the number of people working times the average week times the average wage, you get an average wage bill, right? And that is usually an extremely smooth line and maps GDI, gross domestic income, quite closely as as it should. And if you do that between the slightly shorter work week and slightly weaker wages, if you squint, you can see that that flattening out in the last couple of months. You don't see it declining. But I'm going to say that if you want to say that the rate of growth is decreasing in that metric, the so-called aggregate weekly payrolls, I would have to agree with you. Hmm. Interesting. And yeah, I guess that, that leads us into the most recent CPI report. Yeah. You want to run through the numbers? Yeah. So this printed about a week ago on the 12th, headline CPI was down. That's correct. Down a negative sign, 0.1%. That's month over month. In terms of year over year, that's up 6.5%. That is about the lowest since October of 2021. Core CPI was up 0.3% month over month, and that's up 5.7% year over year. And there's some interesting drivers there in terms of headline CPI, of course. We're all aware that the energy prices are falling, and in terms of goods, things like that. But really, the big contributions to headline CPI this month out of services, things like shelter, which there's reason to believe that will sort of peter off over the coming quarter. 
You know, I know that's the story. I, that's, that, that's, that's the story. That's definitely the story. But I don't see why rents around the U.S. You can say rents are going to stop rising as fast. Okay, maybe. Sure. I don't know that people have that good a view on landlords, but maybe. But I don't see why rent, people are talking about that not adding to core services in the future, you know, in the balance of 2023. And I guess I don't see it, right? Like, I sure it might go from plus six to plus two or three, but I don't see rents going down. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, just to fill those in who haven't been following the story, really, this narrative is a bunch of different private rent indices published now by participants like Zillow, and they sort of presaged the likes in, in, in rents over the past year, and now they've gone quite a bit lower. It sort of looks like they lead the way that rents are calculated within CPI, and so that's sort of the, the story is that they'll the measure within CPI will sort of follow the private measures back down to earth. Yeah, and so the difference is that they're trying to do different things. Zillow is trying to say what's happening month to month, and CPI is trying to measure what happens to an uh, actual person, right? Like, my rent's not going up because I haven't renewed my lease yet. So my rent's the same. Probably go up when I do so. There's like my actual spending, like my rent hasn't gone up yet. So they can look a little different. Yep. And that's the sort of the new tenant versus a repeat. And then while I actually published the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland, which is a real place, has published a new rent inflation index. It's a real place. Yeah, it's funny. There's this bill kicking around Congress. Oh, to get rid of some, some of the Federal Reserve Districts? Yeah. One of the, the silliest reserves. This is coming from someone who used to work for a regional reserve bank. But anyways, they do good research, and there is a rent index that they've come up with that is cooling quite a bit as well. Right. And so just to put some numbers on it, so the Zillow year-over-year rent index has gone from a high of 17 in February of last year to a low of eight in December. So if you extrapolate that out, like landlords are going to be paying us soon, but that also might as well just bounce there is what I'm what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's important because what's been happening in the last couple of months is poor goods deflation down, you know, three tenths of a percent last month and poor services inflation up five tenths last month. And so you don't expect the core goods deflation to last indefinitely, but it lasts for the rest of the year. Like it's possible. It doesn't happen that often, but it's much more typical the last 10 or 15 years where the bounce around zero, not be sustained higher or lower. But, you know, if that goes back to normal and then core services go back to two tenths of a percent a month, then, then we're good. The other thing I want to mention about CPI was that everything was sort of bang on expectations. Like the economists got it exactly right. And they're all very smug. So the market is sort of well, this has been a well telegraphed number. But also in the inflation zone still, as it relates to the Fed, if you look at the we have a new University of Michigan surveys and they survey consumer expectations of inflation, and those have come down sharply. They went up a lot in 2001. They've come down about halfway. They went down, and Powell has actually name-checked that this series in a press conference. The longer-term inflation expectation ones are higher, and like if you're looking for a reason to keep 
tightening. You can say, gosh, we had made all this progress 2017, 2018, 2019 with consumer inflation expectations. They were down to two and a half percent. And now they're up to three. And don't we want to get it back down to two? And I do see a little bit of the Fed looking for data to fit its story in the last few years. So, yep. To add to that point, you know, we sort of play this game on the way up and prices are on the way up about these creative measures that we could, that would quote unquote, show the real underlying trend in, in prices and the economy. And now we're sort of doing it again on the way back down. So Powell has talked about services X, excluding rents and OER and, yeah. uh, and having that as sort of the key measure of underlying inflation. And that's still, you know, quite hot. Right. Speaking of... University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index. I was talking a lot last year about how that was substantially weaker than you would have thought with a 3.5% unemployment rate, and that has begun to bounce back, and I'm, I'm glad to see that. I guess I've seen that maybe idiosyncratically as a potential area of weakness for the economy, you know, just sort of like not exactly, sort of like a weak board, and if we put too much weight on it, we're going to fall through if the consumer sentiment isn't great. So I'm glad to see that turning around. Yeah, I guess on that note, John, we also got retail sales and some vacuum data. And those were down pretty steeply and much more than the estimate. So down 1.1% in December. And the month prior was revised down to 1%. Then we also saw 1.3% drop in factory output. And I guess I wonder how much are you looking through these? You know, they're kind of, noisy series, but they do seem to suggest ongoing or perhaps nascent weakness among the U.S. consumer. Yeah, I think that the December number is very disappointing. The retail control group, which is what goes into the early GDP estimates, was down 7 tenths of 1% in December. It is December, so you've got seasonal stuff messing with it. So put an asterisk next to maybe. You know, there was that incredibly bitterly cold weather throughout the U.S. in the week or in the week leading up to Christmas. The data put a damper on the number of marshmallow toasting parties people went to. Sure. Mm. The marshmallow toasting got your interest peaked. I'm, I'm listening again. The, the industrial production number does look weak. Also, catching up with longstanding weakness in the manufacturing purchasing managers indices Maybe we are seeing a few different areas of actual weakness in the economy. Again, like as long as unemployment is at three and a half percent, I'm going to say we're growing, but that is getting near to be the only thing left to hold on to, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it would really only take one bad, a really bad non-farm payroll print to change the narrative pretty drastically from soft landing to outright recession. Yeah. Yeah. And we get one of those once in a while. Before we go, let's check in on the Fed. Fed meets again at the end of this month. My expectation is that they're going to hike by 25 basis points. Do you have a forecast? No, I mean, I think that's more or less what they've done. A slew of Fed speakers is certainly weighted to the 25 basis points. Some have sort of mentioned 50 basis points as plausible or on the table, but no one really believes him. I think 25 bips is more or less 
baked in. And then the question really becomes quite a bit more interesting for the March and the May meetings about, do we get another 25 basis points? Are we going to sort of stay there? I think that's really where the rubber is going to hit the road. Yeah. So just to check in on the markets, they expect 25 basis points in February and another 25 basis points between March and May. And then they expect cuts coming starting in the second half of the year. We've probably said this before in the podcast, it's worth repeating. Like, I don't see that being possible without a recession. I can't imagine what would make the Fed cut, except for people losing their jobs. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's the only thing. I think it's you know more likely today than it was a month ago. But the Fed's not going to say, well, you know, the labor, let's say, let's say U3 takes up to, to 4%, right? Inflation is still somewhere around 5 to 4%. The Fed's not going to say, well, mission accomplished, let's start cutting, right? They really need to see some pretty adverse movements within the labor market. Yeah, I think they would. Well, if inflation is, of course, you've got today, year and years, five and a half, right? Let's say it's July and it's been going down steadily and now it's four and unemployment is starting to tick up. Like, I think they stop hiking at that point, right? Absolutely. Uh, but it's not clear to me that they cut even that in that scenario. Yeah. But whatever happens, we will be here to discuss it and explain it. And if you would like more of our economic analysis, you can check the Astor website, astorim.com, or you can reach out to your Astor sales representative. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, John. To learn more about Astor Investment Management's research and strategies, please visit us on the web at www.astorim.com or stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and our app is also available on the App Store and Google Play. Thank you. Astor Investment Management LLC is a SEC registered investment advisor. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investing purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change, they are not intended as investment recommendations.